From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again, back again with another fine episode of the Power Move. My name is John Gafford. I am your host. With me, as always, to my left is the Bulgarian mongoose. I, I try to get away from it. I can't get away from the Bulgarian mongoose. I was going to say, Coltan, money. the monochromatic mongoose with the gray <laughs> white mongoose. Yes, he is monochromatic <laughs> mongoose today. Like, I love it. Chris I like it. it. I love I it. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. How are you guys? I think it's great. We're great. How are you, counselor? Chris, I'm great. Thank God Colt changes his suit more than I change my jacket. I just go for the blue and black. This guy's coming in different. Yeah. Bringing the heat. Always bringing the heat, man. That's what what makes him the Bulgarian mongoose is bringing. He's the Aaron Judge of suits. He's got at least 62 in the car. He is. He is. He's he's got (laughs) 62. How do you guys feel about that? Everybody's saying that he didn't, that that's not a big deal because he is 62 and I mean, dude, 62 is a big deal. I don't care. The guy's a stud. 12 is a big deal. <laughs> like I, no, the, 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 the guy's a stud, let's face it. But but again, I, I stand by what I've said time and time again. What he did, he broke Roger Maris's American League record. That's fine. He you know, is not going to get Bonds' juiced out record. It's just that's the record. It is what it is. But what Otani does in Anaheim More is impressive. hasn't been done since Babe Ruth and that dude does it season in season out and that means he can hit home runs and strike dudes out from the mound which is amazing well I don't understand here's the thing about baseball not to divert too much when I played baseball, I this bat- is not a sports podcast, by the way. I know, it's not here a for the first time. <laughs> but but you think that a lot of those skills would translate? Like, why yeah. is it that hitters can't play the sport either? Yeah, or yeah. for vice versa, why can't a pitcher? Bat. It's like you grew up playing Little League. You were in the cages. I know maybe in college they specialized. Uh, I, I never. Yeah, I thought the same thing because. Me moving from quarterback to being a safety was so much easier because I played quarterback. Just I knew what they were looking See where at. their heads are going. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. No, it just – the, the level yeah. of skill those guys has is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But anyway, but you know what you need to play baseball? You know what you have to have is a high level of resilience – which, mm-hmm. oddly enough, is what we're going to Get talk about here. See that what? segue? See the segue segment. right there? How that, I didn't yeah. see Hey, John came in sliding with that one. I wasn't yeah. planning it, but it, you know, you're going to serve <laughs> it up. You're going to serve it up. Came in sliding. So, again, if you've been listening to the podcast recently, I do have a book in the works, and we've been kind of breaking down different chapters that I have that are going in the books and talking about some things are, are, that we can do there. And today, I want to talk about, you know, one of the most important things you got to have in life, man, which is resilience, the ability to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and move back forward and, and keep going. And here's an interesting story about uh, resilience today, because I did something today that was kind of interesting. Um, I decided that our company here, Simply Vegas, a real estate company that, that we own, uh, we produce just it just seems like talent after talent comes through this place. And, you know, there's, there's people that have built amazing businesses that at one point, I mean, I remember them starting from tap dead zero with us. I mean, just really just being a young agent starting on, you know, either my team, somebody else's team or coming up and then building an incredible business. Um, that is a real company that they, that they, they now own. So, you know, I, I just was talking to Gavin, we were reminiscing about that. And it was like, you know, I want to build, let's build the next level of superstar agents. So let's see who's paying attention. Right. So I threw a post out on the old internal, on the old internal Facebook. And I was like, Hey, I'm looking to mentor the next crop of superstars. And I'll, I, either if you're a solo agent or if you're somebody that wants me on a team and build that hit me up, you know, I'm going to do this kickoff call. Let me know. I had 99 of our agents on the first call today. Um, which was, uh, uh, for me, that was a lot 
of, of, of what I thought was going to get. And then of that 75 of them signed up for coaching. And, you know, and obviously when you're dealing with it at that scale, I can't do it one-on-one because there's just not enough of me and too many of them. So we're doing it in a very systematic way, uh, going through, uh, we're going to use Facebook groups and just do it systematically. And there'll be one week when it's an AMA. But the point of the story is when I was doing the pitch today, when, when I, when I talk about, if you want to come mentor with me and, and what do you, you know, if you want to work with me, there's something that you said to me a while back that stuck in my crawl, just stuck right in my crawl. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, I wake up with it every morning and I go to bed with it every night. And it really did change me. I've always kind of suspected it, but it changed me when you said it. And what that quote was, <laughs> so I'll let everybody this. And I told everybody the quote this morning on the, on the pitch. That's why I'm bringing it up. I said, look, let me explain something to you. The reason that, because we're talking about why realtors hit a certain plateau and then they'd never get better than that. They never excel past that. I, you've been very proud. I pulled up the Dunning-Kruger. Uh, <laughs> I'm a slope on there where it had the, the, the <laughs> and it was the one right from Wikipedia too. So I had a, a point labeled the peak of stupidity, which I thought was amazing. Um, that is it. wonderful. I I'm said, so yeah, it wasn't happy. me. I wasn't me, you know, and, and there we go. But I said, one of the reasons that people plateau, especially in this industry, as far as real estate goes, is because, and it, you said this to me, and this was the quote. I'm going to try to quote you. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said the reason people hate dealing with real estate people is because they are the most disproportionately paid people to the amount of knowledge they possess. Right. Education, knowledge, education and knowledge and, and actual specific ability. Yeah. Specific ability. So in other words, what happens, and this is what I told people, I said, look, what happens is people get in this business and, and, and they're not very educated. They're not educated and they start making a little bit of money. And then the ego kicks in. Yeah, they get this ginormous ego and they think they know everything and they're yes. not open and they don't continue their education. I'll have you know, since the day I heard that quote, I have made it my mission in life to educate myself in every single way that I can. I join mastermind groups. I read constantly from the pocket MBA to, uh, you know, scalable to all of these books to catch it up. Cause I, I realize, <laughs> I mean, I see it when I'm out there dealing, you know, in what with what I do now, with what my primary focus is, which is building JV corporations with these large brokers across the country, these brokers fall into two categories, and they do every time. And these are people that own big companies, right? They fall into, wow, I'm having a conversation with this person, and I feel like I'm the dumbest guy. In the, like, I need to amp up my knowledge, which is why I really, really accelerating. And then started this two years ago. And I, I realized some of the people we talked to are professional business people. They just happen to own real estate companies. Yep. Right. And those are the people I was like, man, I really need to pick it up with my knowledge of things. And I've, I've accelerated my knowledge by, by getting better. And then there's people that I talk to. I'm like, you were just really good at selling houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have just fallen up. You've just fallen into owning this company and you don't really know why it works. You don't really understand why it makes money. You just kind of show up every day and people kind of show up every day and you just kind of shake hands and, and you just kind of move forward. And you know, the Peter principle, what's the Peter? No, I'm dying to hear it. The Peter principle is at every corporate job, every job, you are promoted to your highest level of incompetency. Okay. The place where you end up at your career is the highest level where you've become incompetent to not get passed on to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So you're promoted to your highest level of incompetency. Yeah. 
So brokers don't aren't but any I, but less I, than that. No, no, but I'm talking about there's some people that own real estate companies that are oh. that are beyond. That, that, I know that lawyers. Have, I know that have excelled beyond Absolutely. their skills. But the ones like you said that just kind of end up there, it's because nobody stopped them. Yeah, nobody said anything. And then they have nowhere else to go from that point. So. Uh, you know, so I think it, it's a natural it's not progression. Even just real estate, right? I, I was um, no. having cigars with a hedge fund guy, and he goes, oh, "I'm in this line. I'm buying up these prop, or this type of business." I go, "Really? Like, what are you getting into that? That's got to be hard. You know, you have no experience." He goes, "Yeah, I thought so until I met with all the top people, <laughs> right?" Yeah. And he's like, eh, "Yep, I'm going. I'm getting into it." He goes, "You'd be shocked at how many times I walk in expecting to be the dumbest person in the room." He goes, "These are billion dollar." stuff he goes and i'm the smartest he goes it's pretty sad he goes some people are just like you said they don't know any better so they just work out and get they've to been their, promoted to their well, highest level of they, incompetence they have they have but but i think the connection that i'm trying to make between resiliency which i want to talk today and that thought process of ego is to me ego is the enemy of resilience what i mean by that is people that have massive egos that think they know everything or think they know what they're doing those folks don't like if something goes wrong, it can't be them. Oh yeah. It, it can't be right. them. So if it can't be me, you know, I, I'm telling you, cause a big part of resilience when we talk about it is looking inward first, I, which I always do. But if it, if it can't be them, then it's gotta be, Oh, this thing. Then they just avoid the thing, which I think, which I think kills resiliency. I had a two hour conversation about that yesterday. I have a difficult situation that I'm dealing with. It's been very difficult for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of in a position as an attorney sometimes. I don't have the, I'm not the boss of these people. They're my clients. Yeah. I can't tell them what I want to tell them. I have to do it in a way that's professional, mm -hmm. that looks after their interests. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of times you hear people in life, the same things happen to them over and over and over. And at no point do they ever look and say, <laughs> maybe. Man, like every <laughs> time I go to do this, yeah. every relationship I'm in gets sour. No, no, no. It can't be me. What's the common denominator in all of those all relationships? Of and so you. you can't you can't do that, and yeah. you know, especially in that relationship, you can't if you're a parent. Yeah, you can't if you're a friend or a you know in a different type of relationship. But I'm kind of stuck sometimes, not being able. So I have to find ways to massage that message. Yeah, right. Where it says, okay, look, going forward, I'm not blaming you, but going right. forward, these are the policies and procedures so that you prevent. People who happening. don't know any better yes. from shooting from themselves happening. in the foot. No, no, for, for sure from that happening. And, and I think when you look at these people that believe that, that it's not their fault, believe that they know everything, I, I think the first step to having a great level of resilience, if you don't know what resilience is, resilience is simply, is simply the ability to pick yourself off the ground, dust yourself off and go forward. It's, uh, it's it's Halloween month, and, John. It's, well, no, it, yeah, I, I get the it. Jason it, Voorhees effect. I, I know, but but I'll tell you, I, no, I'll, t I'll tell you something honestly, man. I I have been dealing. We've been dealing with something at my house. It's been just just gut wrenching for me and my wife. And I'll tell you what it is because it's getting better. Um, you know, my son, who is so strange. You know how kids are. You know what I mean. My 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 daughter looks just like my wife. My son looks just like me. But my son has my wife's very kind of introverted, shy personality. Where my daughter has my outgoing, you know, never met a stranger kind of personality. And you know, and I think it might have been partly COVID. I don't know what it is, but my son developed this really acute, like angular, hard lack of social skills, like hard and noticeable where you're like, this is awkward to, to, 
to deal with you, to talk to you, to, to understand this. So, you know, we're going into this year and it was coming out of, you know, when COVID happened, we moved them to the small school because we wanted to just make sure that was all right. Small school. And, uh, you know, we move him, and then he goes to high school and, you know, he's in, and it's the same thing like with lacrosse and everything else. Like his, his coach dropped him off the night and just looked at me and goes, he doesn't say nothing. He doesn't talk. And the problem is he's just so painfully kind of shy mm-hmm. that he didn't interject himself enough at the beginning that now it's kind of like those relations have developed in, around him and now he's kind of the guy on the outside because he hasn't gotten in there and man it's 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 you know it's been gut-wrenching trying to help him with those skill sets which to me are so easy right it's so simple for me but for him it's been so difficult and um we finally had a good breakthrough saturday night so i was good you know it was homecoming and he went with a bunch of people and literally man we just i I, we sat down and started coaching him with basics again you know how to win friends and influence people you know Mm -hmm. just ask questions don't be it about you don't sit there and say nothing you've got to engage with people you got to do this and it went and and it's funny talking about that resilience you know and, and resilience is a muscle you have to develop when we first were saying, we're talking about this, it was like, oh, I don't really like these kids anyway, blah, blah. And I knew that was bullshit, right? That's right. a defense mechanism. Of course. That's the, it's not, it's not me, it's them. Yeah. I don't really like them anyway and blah, blah, blah. You know, defense mechanism. And, and what it turned out to be was just a better, he just needed to kind of interact with them. And I think we made some headway there Saturday night and, and, he's, and, he's, and he's making headway still. But, you know, after Saturday, I'm like, you like these kids more than you thought you did, don't you? And he's like, yeah, we had a great time. It was funny. It was awesome, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, because you're seeing some success. So the moral yeah. of that story is the first part of building resilience has got to be like, you got to, you can't just say because it's not going your way. Oh, it's that. Oh, I don't like those kids that much. I don't like this that much. I don't want to do that that much. You've got to look inwardly and correct some behaviors within yourself or, 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 or take stock of what you're doing before you just write situations, people, jobs, sports, whatever it is, you can't just write them off. You say, it's so funny you use the word ego. And to me, I've trained myself not to see that as a pejorative, right? There's types of ego. Mm-hmm. There's positive ego and negative ego. Sure. And there's got to be a better word. And maybe I just don't, maybe I'm missing it personally. But when you say it's caring, I think ego, you can almost substitute out for this about caring. And like, I tell people all the time, I know what you care about by what you do. Yeah. I know what you want by what sure. you do. So if you care about reactions, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reactions, I'll show you so if you care about people, I want to be in this group. I just don't know how you will keep trying eventually, but there's, but see, I think ego I, and confidence. Yeah. Right? That's a, I, I don't know. There's like a, there's like a thing where it's like, there's such a thin line. I, I feel like some people have it and they don't. I think that's the difference between type A and type B. Right. right? For type yeah. B, the world happens to them. Type A people happen to the world. Yeah. So yeah. when you're a type A, like you and I, and it's not just, oh, you're overly energetic or you're yeah, talking yeah. to whatever type A is a, mentality it's about locus of control Mm -hmm. so if you have a high centered locus of control within yourself and that reflects ego then you're more willing to see things in a way where i can change that right Mm -hmm. type b people they're the ones probably more prone to say it's their fault right they're doing it to me so that comes down to classic a b conversation but i think it's also it's a it's a it's a self-defense mechanism because yeah, sure. the, the ego can be a protector mm-hmm. in those situations, but it can also be, you know, to your detriment where yep. it's overconfident. 
And that's I think tough also when you've got a good looking son like yours, right? Like it's really weird, man. It, you know, it's, it's you, really strange. When you have somebody with thing. good looks, it's the weirdest. And they're thing. an introvert or whatever. People take that so wrong. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. Like, yep. Oh, you're an ego. You're so yeah. stuck up. You're so this. Right? That was my, my wife. That was yeah. my wife forever. <laughs> yeah. Well. So yeah. She's people like. She never has a bad word to say when nobody's around, but people would probably met her. I, I mean, she's kind of she's quiet. She's bubbly, outgoing, but she's an introvert. Yeah, yeah. So she's good. not, she's not energized like we are by other people. Other people in social right. ex- it's, experience. It's, it's, I am. It's, yeah, with me, I get re. I get the re- batteries get filled around people. They get drained. And they get drained and have to be by themselves. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's it's the same deal. But I think you know. Here's an interesting thought: resilience. Is it something that is innate in you, or is it something that is learned? I mean, I think it's both, but where do you think it's it's more strongly from your upbringing? Nature or nurture? What's well, in you, Connell? So I, I'm always a nature and nurture guy, but here's, I'll give a quick story. When mm-hmm. I was playing football, I was a big kid. So I was 11 playing with 15-year-olds. Mm-hmm. I turned 12 and they were turning 16. And I had to cut to make weight with four years age difference in tackle football. Now, you know the difference between a 12-year-old boy and a 16-year-old man? Right. These guys are dri- <laughs> driving to practice. So uh, I was getting oh, fucking. I was getting killed. How could you be out there doing that? Because I just I'm I'm so stubborn. Because so what happened was I was obviously getting picked on. Like the twelve year old when you play football in that mentality, and someone's twelve against sixteen year old. Sixteen year old boys oh, yeah. aren't like uh, working yeah, on their right, mentorship right. skills. Oh no! For Some sure. of these guys went on to play professional sports too. Yeah, and so they weren't working on their mentorship. You were a victim and picked on. Okay, mm-hmm. and it frustrated me to no end. Right. That so I would never let anybody see me quit. My dad, every practice, like, why don't you quit? Right. And it's just like, fuck them. I will never let that guy see me quit. Yeah. You cannot get one on over me. And that wasn't taught because, you know, most sane people would just be like, this is not worth it. This is a bad decision. Well, you know, here's the question. Is there is there such a thing as too much resilience? Can you have too much? Yes. See, Absolutely. Okay. Because here's here's yeah, here's, here's, here's my point. Here's my little known fact. Little known fact. There's a book in my office called The Sweet Life. It was written by Dr. Eliza Siegel. She was the onset uh, psychiatrist for The Apprentice. She was the one that when we were going through all the background checks and doing the final stuff, she was the one that was there giving us all the psychological tests. And apparently, I tested higher in resilience than anybody ever did then in was all healthy. seasons. No, in all seasons, I, te- I tested higher in resilience than any contestant they ever had on that show. And I, and I thought to myself, man, that's really weird. Like, I, cause I don't even think about it, right? It doesn't even occur to me. She's like, no, cause like we were talking about a story that I guess I told her when we were in one of our sessions when they were trying to figure out if you're gonna carve anybody up on set. <laughs> and uh, when I was a kid, Right. When I was a kid, like my parents got divorced when I was young and six and six years old and my dad was gone. My mom had to work all the time, whatever. So it was just kind of honestly me and my sister's at home a lot yep. from six years old on. That was it. And, uh, causing fire. And, and, and yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And, and I spent <laughs> a lot of my childhood across the street at my friend Grady's house who had a stay at home mom. And she would always just kind of make us peanut butter and jellies and do that stuff. And you'd play sports outside and drink out of the hose and all those sort of things. And, I never thought twice about it. Like it never even occurred to me. And she was like, no, that process at a young age, you weren't getting what you needed at home from a loving environment. So you just went out and found it. So I was listening to a doctor. Now I don't want to get people riled up, but it was, Oh no, uh, Ryla, Ryla, Connell, Ryla. It was on the, it was on public enemy number one, Joe Rogan's podcast. And I, I rarely listen to him, but sometimes I'll flip through him to see if somebody I'm interested in yeah. is on there. And this, this doctor, he's a, he's a toxicology expert, psychologist, 
but he's a physician as well. Okay. And um, starts off the podcast, and it says that um, the United States is a very toxic environment. And I said, what does that mean? And he explains. He goes, if I, if I were a scientist and I had a Petri dish, and there was all these bacteria, and 70-some percent of them kept getting sick and were dying off, right, and record numbers of, of dying off, I would say, well, that's, that environment has become toxic. Mm -hmm. So 70-some percent of adults are on at least one psychiatric medication. 70? So some, Seven zero. On, on at least one medication. Um, some percent Which one are you on, Colt? What, what, what's, what's, oh, what kind of, they put you on your pot Maybe person? I am normal. Huh? <laughs> Maybe so, I'm normal. I'm so not on not, anything. But yeah, Maybe yeah. I should be. So he's talking about how oh, highly medicated, how highly ill and sick we are, and how much depression there is, and anxiety, and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And part of his theory was that, um, you know, we come from a communal um, species. Human beings were raised in villages and tribes sure. forever. We don't do that anymore. Children, back in the Aboriginal days, the Cree, they didn't touch the ground till they were two. Somebody always was carrying them. Somebody was always holding them. They were breastfed till they were much older. There was always nurturance from a mother. So they had this ability to be, they didn't have that, um, you know, learned, hey, self-soothe thing. It was kind of interesting. I don't know how I feel about it, but his, his thesis is that we've become so uh, centered away from, you know, affection and, um, nurturance and giving kids what they need that these kids become hard and they become depressed because they haven't been nurtured and given what they need from a very young age. Yeah. And I, I'm guilty of that too. I kind of subscribe to the, well, we can't, every time she cries, you can't pick her up because you're training her to cry. Right. But, but maybe that maybe is you do, maybe such you do a need to. Maybe you do maybe need, need to, to give these kids that strength early so that they're self-soothed, they're, yeah. they're self-satisfied um, so that they can move on to do all these things and they're not Hey, nobody cares about me. Well, I know not, you know, not recently, but Cole, you have experience with picking up girls and then they cry, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> breastfeeding. Breastfeeding. <laughs> breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, though. It's big in the bodybuilding community. It's been a bit. I, I think that somebody that had too much of it was one of the worst movies ever, Rudy. Right. Oh, my God. too much. Oh, perfect. Perfect amount of resilience. Rudy? No, it's all, too, way too much. Well, luckily, somebody picked his story up. If not, imagine if that guy would put that much effort into something he could have done, been a doctor or scientist, no, right? Like he wasn't going to be a football player. No, no. But sometimes you got to cut that off. In my opinion, no, you don't stop if you're Rudy. <laughs> don't, Jesus, yes, don't you even do. listen. No, you don't. Just yes, you, you do. Don't like the movie doesn't mean you don't. Cut he it wasn't off. going to be a football player. I'm mad there but wasn't he, a Rudy but he, too. But he used football to go. To, he didn't care about being a football player. He wanted to go to Notre Dame. Uh, the whole movie. He wanted to be an Notre Irishman. Dame. He wanted That's to be an Irishman. It was a dream to be an Irishman, and he that was it. And guess what? Could have done it ten other ways yeah. if he put that yeah. effort into yeah. stuff. He could listen done. to Cold. If you're not going to win the gold medal in equestrian, yeah, not, don't even get on don't the horse. Even get on a horse. That's no, what's, the, what's no. the point? What's the Take, point of it? What's the point? Well, think about everybody that's played <laughs> college level sports. Just Thousands the, of I them. Mean, Agree, but, but, but they've had their lives. They go out and sell car insurance, and all of a sudden, hey, didn't you play for UNLV? Yeah. Oh, that's that uh, that's Star right. Forward yeah. I watched. Yeah. The, the value, the extrinsic and intrinsic value of all that stuff is just you know, absolutely infinite. You know what the hardest part about that has got to be for those guys? Because, you know, like you get recognized like, oh, didn't you play UNLV, blah, blah, blah? You were starting. You're great. Then, they, then inevitably, here comes this question. Can what, I get fries what, with that? What, no, what happened? <laughs> no, what, what, what happened? happened? <laughs> what happened? Like, like, I get better. Like, how did you go from there to here? So it's got to be terrible. You're the Al Bundy. You scored four touchdowns <laughs> in one game. Yeah, Paul Kai, buddy. Yes, I did. Paul Kai. <laughs> 
Oh my God. But no, what I meant by having too much resilience was like I, Rudy. Like I, no, not ever. Rudy. Not a lot Rudy. of Rudy shirts around no, too this weekend. The point the, the point that I'm trying to make about this cult is that people that self-sabotage themselves a lot, because there was a lot of my life where I spent doing a lot of self-sabotage. And and you start to draw parallels between assets and liabilities. So is the question I started asking myself was maybe if I wasn't so if I didn't wasn't so confident I could just make any situation rosy, maybe I wouldn't do half the stupid shit that I've done that put that pointed me into a corner. And I always again I would think about Al Pacino in that movie uh was it two for the money when he goes to the game on anonymous thing and he's like, you're not addicted to gambling. You're addicted to losing. Yeah. Because you never feel more alive than when you owe your bookie five thousand dollars. You never more it's true. No, you but that's a really good point. But again, I think people that are resilient to that fault, they like being resilient. I I, I like the fact that you can't call me a quitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. It's something I enjoy. Even if it is to your detriment sometimes the aggregate effect of it is positive. Yeah. You can't pick and choose when you're going to be you, right? And so that's a lot of times. I wish I could do this a little differently. I wish I was a little you bit that. You can't pick and choose when you're going to be you. <laughs> like just yeah. get that on, you know? That's at, at the that's end of the day, just be you. Be a good version of you. Be conscientious. Grow, like you said. Yeah. Spend time on yourself. Make better choices. Reflect. You know, I like, think that's the key. You have to reflect though and be willing to do to make the be reps. a better you and yeah. learn from it. Right? Well, be a better you, but don't it, right? be not you. Which we talked about last week. And, and again, if this is something you struggle with with resilience, every every growth, everything happens to get better through reps. You yeah. got to get reps. Like I told Hayden this weekend, like bro, like he was going to school today. I'm like, you got to just make sure you're doing this. These make sure you do this. Yeah, just get reps. I just want you to get reps. Always get reps. The more reps you get, the more it will become third nature, the more you'll get better with it. But, you know, I looked up some things. If you're somebody that feels like when, you know, and we all know them, when something bad happens, it's the hands go up and, oh, God, I'm, you know, oh, the end of the world and it's going to be miserable and all those things. There's hope for you, Connell. There's hope. If you are someone that is a negative Nancy. Now, I mean, of course, I'm going to lean directly into my favorite location to find help, which is going to be modern stoicism through bottom of Ryan Holloway alcohol the, the, bottle uh, no not the bottom no <laughs> the obstacle is at the bottom, bottom. <laughs> yeah. the answer's at the bottom yep it's always darkest right before it goes pitch black <laughs> yes, it is, yes it is but no uh my first advice is to go modern stoicism we talk about you know I, I it's funny I said it here and, it, and it's amazing when I say something random on here right and then like somebody that I really respect will hit me up and be like dude that that was changing for me like I said uh the first time I said memento mori on here mm-hmm. remember death which is you know anything that happens to you you're gonna die one day fool a- ask yourself is is this <laughs> you're dying right now is this gonna be worth is currently this dying worth? yeah currently dying is this worth and i said that and i never forget uh, my buddy george cartwright hit me up i was like bro i never heard that and i was like dude read this book i think it's in my facebook Go profile here. yeah memento mori <laughs> is this worse than death but here's the deal number one if you're struggling with with issues and they seem to swallow you and they seem to gobble you up and make your life not better, a good thing you can do is kind of is try to change the narrative. And a good way to change your narrative about things is through expressive writing, journaling. Journaling is an excellent way to change your narrative because if you replay things in your head, if bad things happen to you, and you just sit there and you continue to replay them in your head and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And we all know the people that do this. But if you can journal out what happened, 
journal out the issue, journal out the, the story, and then try to find a silver lining in that story. Try to find one thing that could create a positive out of it, that could create something good. You know, maybe you lost your job. And so now you don't have your job. So you have time to sit at home. And they're sitting at home. You have time to write letters to the Academy Awards people and implore them never to give Tom Hanks another Academy Award. You know what I was thinking? That's a win day. for Colt. <laughs> That's a win. Would that be a win for you? Tell me how great. <laughs> A movie Forrest Gump would be if Nick Cage played <laughs> Forrest Gump. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Nicholas Cage. I'm not gonna say anything bad Hanks. about that idea. Actually, now that I think about it. tell me that would not be an amazing uh, movie. Jenna, <laughs> <laughs> just totally saving Private and just, Ryan and just wow. play Nick it Cage. straight like Nick Cage. Just, not just even Nick Cage. Just yeah. Nick. Have Cage. you watched a movie with Nick Cage yep. playing Nick Cage? I haven't oh, yet. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, my Is God. It? It's wonderful. I like, I'm sorry to get off. I yeah, cut the grass you? so much, I cut that grass for free. Yeah. <laughs> I could watch uh, Castaway. <laughs> I could have watched Castaway if Nick Cage was in it. Just Underrated. So essentially just go back and replace every Tom Hanks movie with Nick Cage. Name good. a bad movie. With Nicolas Cage. I actually, you know what's funny? Oh, here's Snake a weird. Eyes, here's amazing. a weird. How weird is this? Okay, check this out. <laughs> I forgot to tell you this. Nick this is a weird Cage. story. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal, I'm gonna do a cult. I'm gonna totally steal the podcast. This is a weird story. <laughs> so as we were walking back from the Raiders game, we were talking about your gift from your wife that she got you the gun, which oh, was yes. which was what? My wife. So when we first got married, she said, what kind of wedding present do you want? Mm -hmm. John and I have the same thing. Yes. If I wanted something, I'd have it. Like if I really wanted it, I would buy it. it. Yeah. Right. Other than like, you know, brand mm -hmm. new Ferrari, you know. But if I wanted something ticky-tack, I, I would get it. Because if I think about it, I'd just go buy it. Mm -hmm. But my wife, I said to her, I want the double golden-plated guns that Caster Troy had in Face Off, mm -hmm. you know, and, and whatever. And she's like, what? They don't exist. Those aren't things you just go buy. There's okay. not some. So um, anyway, she got me. I don't remember what she got. Oh, she got me an Apple Watch instead. <laughs> <laughs> so last wah, year, wah, wah. two years of Christmas or whatever. Um, she had the guy who was on 90 Day Fiance. Okay, so you just killed my story. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, though. But the point here was the point. The point was you were talking about that yeah, yeah, yeah. at the game, and then we went home after the game, and we're sitting there, and she's watching 90 Day Fiance, and yeah. the little guy's on there, and Him. she goes, what does this guy do? Like, what does gun. he do for a living? And I go, I don't know. So I Google it, and up pops, he's the seller of the... Same gun we were talking about yep. 30 minutes. And he's the only guy where you can get it. Only guy who makes it. 24 karat gold, yeah. 45 ACP, 1911 Springfield. I just thought that was really weird. You know? See, Tom 45. Hanks couldn't have played that character. Uh-huh. Tom Hanks could have not have played. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. You could have played. Nick Cage could play every Tom Hanks character. No. Tom Nick Hanks Cage plays have. John Travolta in that movie. No. Well, back to how to build resilience. <laughs> now that we're just, this is totally off the rails. Back to how to build resilience. I can't Number believe one. that Nick Cage has become a proxy for Tom Hanks in your he mind. Has. I love that. I love that, though. <laughs> That's great. Face your fears, not face off your fears. <laughs> just leave Nick Cage out of this. Face your fears, great way to build resilience. Because, again, a lot of people will build things up bigger in their mind than they are. Oh, yeah, you know, one of my most liked ever Instagram things that I put up, whatever it was, most shared, most liked was I put up a thing that just said, happiness can be found on the other side of a difficult phone call. Mm -hmm. Because right now there are people that are listening to this that have lost friends, have lost loved ones, have lost people close to them simply over some 
fucking nonsense that blew up into nothing. Sure. And it's amazing if you just pick up the phone and call those people, what will happen? But do you think sometimes that's what it's I was, I was better to not going over the that reason it gets that big is because I don't know. I, I, I think th- I think if people get pushed off because of one or two. Well, hang on. Things there's there's, there's a flip. There's a flip side of the coin, though, because the flip side of the coin is there's also a lot of people taking a lot of unnecessary shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That if they just make a phone call and establish so better boundaries and better rules for the relationship, they will be happier. That, so, that I completely I agree. Two-sided coin, boys. You that cut me off no. before I got to the other no, side. No, no, that, but just that, there's people yeah. that are, are not in your life anymore. For, that, a reason. for a reason. And you may miss them because you remember the good right, times. Right. Just like girlfriends. There's there's times you go, was that was she really that bad? Was she you know, I really enjoyed this time. We went, went you know, frolicking yeah, in the was. meadows or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you think about the times she you know, when it's you. a Tuesday, you know, morning and it's like stabbed you. <laughs> yeah. No, but it is but especially like a difficult phone call. Yeah. I told somebody last Friday, I go, make that goddamn call, right? Like get mm-hmm. it over with. This is going to ruin your whole day and you're let you're going to let it go till Monday now to yeah. your whole weekend. Get those phone calls out of the way. Uh, that is something that I start my day off with like the hardest the part worst, first. Yeah. yeah. Worst yeah. Calls. Do you think that's a part of resilience is the first step? I, I think I think resilient people take the first step. Now you're talking about journaling. You're talking about the value of journaling. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very valuable, right? If you have the motivation to actually go get the pen and think, sit down yeah. and then do it. The hard part of journaling, journaling is doing it. The hard part of making that phone call is hard picking part of up it. the phone. Yeah. It's not doing it. Doing things is very easy. Well, he, well, okay, back back again, like I was talking about my coaching program I started today, right? So I told, I told him straight up, you join this, you're going to have things that are going to make you uncomfortable that you may, might not want to do. You have to share things to the group here in this closed Facebook group. You're not going to want to share. You're going to have to, you're going to have to interact with people in a way that maybe you don't want to interact with them because that's how you build a tribe. Mm-hmm. That's how like the, the, the intimacy that you share with these people, as far as what you're scared of, what's causing you issues. And then on the flip side of that, what's working that you're willing to share out that right. is going to create connection amongst these people. Why you Sean, I never now? share your do we need to go over 48 laws of, 48 laws no. of power? Always no, we do Always not. No, no, no. We do not the share reason, our no, fears. No, listen, no, I disagree. I disagree. Because I the reason being that the reason that I need them to share their inconsistency. So you can step on them. No. no, no. <laughs> Use it against them. No, I know what you're no, doing, so John. No. There you go. No. I like the it, John. Reason. I like it. Let me be part of this group now. <laughs> the reason. going to be an agent oh, provocateur. He's just going to be an absolute Manchurian candidate. No. Just slipped in. <laughs> During that time, you told me about this thing. Uh, I'm going to no. use it against no, you. No, no, no. I'm not talking. Listen, I'm talking about limiting beliefs when it comes to building business. And the reason that I need them to share is because through hearing other people's limiting beliefs and understanding what they are, I guarantee people are going to come in with like, well, my limiting beliefs are, I think, I don't think I can make $100,000. Like just some bullshit frivolous yeah. thing just to have an answer. But if they hear somebody else, it's really sharing a limiting belief. Like, I don't think I'm good enough or I don't think I'm smart enough or I don't think I'm good looking enough or whatever it might be. But if they hear that from somebody else in an honest way, it'll then maybe put the mirror to them and they'll be more honest with themselves. Because I need brutal honesty to, oh, as a starting oh, point. Yeah. That's John, what I need. I'm not talking about your agents in general. I'm not talking about that. So please, if this isn't about <laughs> Simply Vegas agents. But have you ever been on those 
continuing real estate classes. Oh Jesus! I just <laughs> no, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, 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 even start. But I, but I mean seriously, this is like a I practical piece of advice. Hour. Every one of those people, when you talk about undereducated or whatever, they don't understand how sort of high level stuff is supposed to look. Yeah, they don't because they just they haven't. This is not our agents. By no, the this way. is not your agents. There's a lot of them, but this is not. I'm not talking oh, about your agents. Yeah. I'm talking about people will sit there and they'll just give totally meaningless anecdotes about whatever because they want to hear themselves speak. Of course. And they think they have something valuable to share and they don't. Dunning-Kruger. Yeah, yeah Dunning-Kruger. The it's the most Dunning-Kruger thing you can do. <laughs> but but your program, just a simple piece of advice, make them actually submit you something before class. Well, hang on a second. No, 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 no. Here's the, here's the point. The point with this is they have to upload it to YouTube, to the Facebook group as a video. And, oh, and my point, and my point with this is how we're can sharing. We get, can we get on this? Matrix? This is this is no, you can't. You Machiavellian son of a bitch. This is <laughs> this is straight up. Just just they have to do this. But my point that's was, good. My that's point really was good. like today. Like we started with seventy eight people today. I will weed that to probably fifty tomorrow because twenty eight of them Won't do will it. not have done the 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 easiest. Yep. Today was the easiest thing that I'm going to ask them to do over yep. the next 90 days, which was share a video, introducing yourself to the group, say how long you in real estate, and put your name and your phone number below it so everybody has your name and contact info. What if That somebody, was the easiest thing to do. And if you can't do that- Do you get one strike? I, there, yeah, why? Why no, would do I do you get one strike? Do you get two strikes? You get no, zero you get strikes. one strike. You get one strike. Well, something no. on that easy. There is no strike. No there, there is no strike because that. if you can't do that, yeah. if you can't do that, I'm not mad at you for it, you're, 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 but if you can't do that, how am I going to ask you to share your stuff. biggest limiting belief? And my, you're going to My do wife it. had brain no surgery chance. last night. I literally went to make the video. My wife had brain surgery. Yeah, I mean, sure. Okay, okay I'm just let's saying. Not be but, let's not be stupid here. But I'm saying, no, but there's, but people will have a million of those excuses. Right, but no, but my, but my point I mean, is, we, we, did, no, we did this meeting this morning. Fight. We did this meeting this morning. I'm going to send out one message to everybody to say, guys, if you're in, if you're in, you got to do this today. By the clock is ticking by by tonight. This is it. I need your video. If you're not in, then be, don't be in. So you've let the ground rules that's come it. out. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Because the point being is, and, and here's here's the issue. If you have a bunch of people that are totally committed to something, and then you have 20 people standing on the sidelines watching them do it, they're out. It makes them self conscious about what they're doing. I want all in. I need all in people. Mm-hmm. I need all in. That's what I need, and that's what we're going to get. And you know. These people will build a level of resilience for doing this because one of the things we talked about and why the video is so important in real estate, like why, like why am I doing this? Like what's the point of having them share these little videos of themselves? Because so much of our business is social media marketing, is being out there. If you can't make a video in a private group with 25 other people and that says your name in it, how the hell are you going to survive in this business in three years? It's, it's funny. You're not. Remember that thing I shared of, of the Goggins thing with you guys? Dude, yeah, so, but he, you want to talk about I'm resilience. I'm on Mars. I'm <laughs> running to what, Jupiter. What no, but his resilience, one of his yeah. greatest speeches on resilience was when he was joining the Navy SEALs, he always saw these SEALs being better than him. These are superhuman. I'm not on their level. I got to get to where they are. Then he gets there and realizes they're just like him. Yep. That he's like them. So he's like, and then he, you know, the goal is to be unordinary amongst unordinary men. Yep. Like to be that next level, to be like that. Mm-hmm. There's no body's different than you it's literally just decisions and choices but see but you know what tells people that that ego (laughs) your ego says i'm not good enough i'm not smart i can't do this oh my god people will laugh if i do a video people will laugh at it 100 you know it's it's your ego lying to you and holding you back and i was very clear to everybody 
you know, it was very clear. If you want to do this, you got to check that at the door because it's costing you money. It's hurting you. It's yep. not helping you. It's hurting you right now. So, you know, look, man, it, it, this stuff won't be for everybody, but, and that's fine. I, I don't, and I told everybody, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, I'm not mad at you. I'm not at all. I'm here to, I'm here to help and I want to change some lives, but I know what it takes to do that. Cause I, cause I've, I've worked with so many people over the years in this industry. I know what it takes to get to that level, to do the next thing. And if you've got to find that in yourself and have that level of resilience that you're willing to submit and let go of your ego a little bit and maybe feel like you're doing something that's outside your comfort zone to grow. Yep. And I'm super proud of the people that, that jumped on and made it happen. I, I really am, which is great. Um, the next thing on this says scientifically is you should have uh, self-compassion for yourself. Not enough people, not enough people are kind enough to themselves in difficult situations. They, they, they immediately now again, I say, look inward before I look outward. What did I, what did I do? What could I have done differently here? But to be very clear, it's okay if the answer to that question is nothing. <laughs> it's okay if there's, like, <laughs> like, there doesn't necessarily have to be an answer that it's you. I mean, it might be external forces that you have nothing to do with yeah. that are affecting you. Um, Not ever given up attorney-client privilege, but yeah. you're one of the first people that will call when something happens and go, Am I being the asshole? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, and I, and I think when I AITA, when, am I the asshole? Yeah. When, when if I, I am, yeah, let me know. Let me know. And, and when I when I lay it out to you, I give you all the details. Yeah, I mean, no. I tried to tell you every single every single end of it, but yeah, I, I do. You're my Chris is my <laughs> am I the asshole? Counsel, he has been forever. Like because I don't get it. Yeah, I, years, I, and I'll just be like, well, here have you tried this? Or oh no no. That's, that one's clean. Yeah, that yeah, one's clean. Not, yeah, I didn't do that one. That was fine. That was good. But yeah, no, but there's but, a lot of that too. Like clients, there'll be clients that you fire. Some clients will fire you just purely off of you're not compatible with everybody in mm -hmm. the world. Well, the problem is though, for a lot of people, they'll get in situations with incompatible people, and it'll be a negotiation. Yeah. So. It, John was talking about improving yourself, right? One of the number one books I tell people to read always is Getting the Yes, the William, the, yeah. the Fisher, Urie. Getting the Yes, yeah. Getting the Yes, because what it does is it really kind of breaks the mold of what people think a negotiation is right. supposed to look like. So I did the Harvard negotiation certificate. I went through the, that, that whole program. Did it, did it look just like million dollar listing? Yeah, it's basically just that. Same no. difference. <laughs> Same no, difference. but you have people and you're negotiating <laughs> with people from all over the world, lawyers, powerful people, smart right. people, and you get to these things and you learn. But there's this book they wrote called... Um, it's the one of the next ones after getting the yes. Yeah. It's how to negotiate with irrational people because there's still things you can learn and do, right. right? So when John's talking about being forgiving yourself, realize that sometimes you're going to hit a brick wall and you know feel that, understand it's a brick wall, and then try to find ways around it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it says you know it says right here, learning from your mistakes. <laughs> Very difficult to have resilience if you don't learn that if I touch <laughs> the stove again, it's going to burn me once again. Yeah. And I think that you know sometimes. Sometimes that, that involves people too, man. You know, you, you got to understand that, you know, I say all the time that when people show you who they are, believe them. And I think sometimes we really want to make people better that you need to take that. No. All right. Sure. Dumping that. Oh, sorry. Is that your wife? <laughs> is that <laughs> bothering you? I'm, no, I'm listening to you guys. Well, hey, well, guys. Well, I guess if you want to get some popcorn, Colt's got to make a, make a call if you're watching this on YouTube. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, look, the cat fell out Col of the tree. <laughs> you forgot there's a camera. Yeah, it's well, been there for like memes. a year. I'm looking at some it's memes. It's been there for a year. I don't even know what I was talking about now. Oh, you there you go. Thanks, Colt. You yeah. once again ruined the learn podcast. Learn from your mistakes. Yeah, you got to learn from your mistakes, right? Like Most people, do you know what I used to love? And I used to tell every broker they should do oh. is when there's an issue in the company throw it out publicly 
through through everybody. Like, yeah, learn from your mistakes, but learn from others is better, right? Well, that depends. If they're your mistakes, feel free to share them. If they're other people's mistakes, yeah, that's keep gossip. them to yourself. Well, you know, it's funny. I have a I have a channel. I, on, I, I, I have a channel. I, I have a channel on uh, on through our Slack. Oh, look at this with, guy. With two of our companies. No, I was going to pull. I was in the <laughs> Slack channel for our companies, and and, the, and it says it says uh, like for title company, it says escrow issues. And when there's a problem or something happens, which inevitably it will, because nothing's ever perfect. But if a problem comes up, I want the EOs to put something. I want it in there in their own words. What happened? What we did to solve it? And how we move forward, so everybody can learn from it at once. Sure. Uh, we started that maybe six months ago, and it's been it's been phenomenal. You would think that. You know, at first people were kind of timid about like, well, yeah. I don't want to, I don't look like, you know, I don't, an I don't, idiot, know. Yeah. and now they're like, this is what happened. Cause mm -hmm. I balanced that out with another channel called escrow wins. And every time somebody sends like a thank you card or a great job or whatever it is, they all, they're quick to put it in there. So it's become this place where it's like a safe space where, where they're, they feel free and not attacked sure. to share that information. It's made the company so much better. That, you know, a lot of that stuff, when you talk about management, like getting an MBA, organizational design, human resource management, organizational behavior, a lot of things are like lip service when you take them in college. Mm. And then you get, you know, these amped up people and they, they just don't do a good job of, of implementing them. Yeah. Like, a, you know what I mean? It's reward employees, you know, like right. there are these platitudes that you hear about in companies, mm. but I, very few companies that I've ever worked for did a good job of actually creating that, like allow there to be a debrief session that is truly not going to come back to 48 laws of power with Colt you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you can say, oh yeah, I did this. I ate it. And everybody's like, okay, yeah. How did you, what, how, you know, the debrief, that's why air force pilots go into a badgeless debrief after a mission and they say, what happened? And you can tell your commanding officer that they were wrong. Well, I, th I think when it comes to business and companies, I think resiliency does come from leadership and it, it will permeate one way or another. If you don't have it, it'll permeate. If you do have it, it will permeate. You look at what happened, <clears throat> you know, to, to clear title, that company over the last several months, you know, we, we took some hits there. We lost a key employee. Um, we had, we had to let go of a few people that made some egregious mistakes and um expensive and mistakes expensive mistakes sure, yes. yeah that i paid for and you know the clients are all intact but you know we, we had we had to write some checks there and you know business suffered it, it suffered and it forced us to, to we could have done one of two ways we could have said look we're going to pout about this and just go business as usual or we're going to dive head first into this and we're going to come out the other side of it stronger and that's what we've done and I, i've been very clear with the messaging to that company uh, from the day one of the first issue over there, that look, guys, we're going to get better. And one of the challenges with that particular industry, and I think anybody that's ever worked in it, listen to this, will understand this as well. Escrow officers or closers, whatever you may call them, where you are, they, they all kind of have their own style, right? They, like it's like a golf swing. Like this person swings like this, this person swings like that, blah blah. And one of the hardest things it took for us to get done, that it, it took us much longer than you would think it would to get this done, but was to get a process that was agreeable to all of them. Mm. Like, like they all said, okay, from A to Z, we will all do it exactly like this. Cause I all had input to it and they all had, you know, well, I don't know if that, I mean, we let everybody, but everybody now, it doesn't matter which escrow or they're used. They all do it exactly the same way. So it is a consistent Uniform, experience yeah. for every agent, for every client, for everything that happens. The emails are the same. The, the flow is the same. The workflow. I mean, everything is the same. 
for everybody as it is. And I don't think we would have gotten there had we not had constant input. It, no, just constant, you Contact know, reassurance, them, yeah. constant reassurance that guys, look, I know that sales are down right now. I know things that look, we're going to turn this around. We're going to get better. We're going to do this. We believe in you guys. We believe in all of you guys. Uh, we believe in getting it done. I think that's kind of the advantage of the small company instead of the big company yeah. where you're just like, Oh, this manager, I get done. Let's whack that manager, bring somebody else in or you're, you know, let's, I think, I think the resilience, they, they rallied around it. Our staff rallied around it. And because of that, I, I don't know that if we would have had those issues with losing those key people, I don't know that the rest of the staff would have rallied around a singular concept like that. Mm. I, I don't know if they would have. I, I think it took a little adversity. Sure. And it took that in the company to make those people want to rally together. It's like how the Raiders are going to come back from one and oh four. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Dude, I, I mean, can we, I don't want to talk about I honestly Can lost we say one thing real quick, though, about that? Resilience is, is this is a perfect example. I feel so bad for Josh Jacobs. I feel so bad for him because if nobody else on the team, that dude deserves better. He absolutely. Did deserves you know better. that they didn't pick up his fifth year option? Shut up. Swear to God, look it up. I mean, I, <sighs> he is the guy who does deserve the most and he's not getting it. It's just a, okay. Question. Do we think McDaniels makes it through the season? I don't need them. That last play I call, think they, I think that was enough for me them. to see what I needed. Yeah. But resilience is the idea. Like, let's say they showed up. They showed up 0-3, and, and they won 1-3. and 3. That's resilient play because they're in every game. Yeah. They're now, what happens if you're the Carolina Panthers? Do you even show up? Do you lace up? No, what they're talking about, I was reading an article today talking about trading Christian McCaffrey. Maybe. Just burn it down. Burn it down. Why not? Get draft picks and could start you, again. Get draft could picks. Could you do that if you're a player? I couldn't tone it down. Like if I was no. on a team like that, like if you came to me and was like, "Oh, no. we need to screw up some stuff," I'd be like, "No." Well, I think sorry. that I, I think no, because they're all resilient. I'm not, not, yeah. not to not to like, but keep, you're not getting to that. You're not getting you're not to that, that level, level of life. But I think I think I think I think when you look at it, it, here's the difference, man. Like you look at the pros, even when they look now. Obviously, Devontae Adams is a little upset this game, which is why you shoved a shoved a camera ah, down. Can we talk time. about that? That's stupid. The guy was in his way. That I get guy it. was getting. Are you dumb? He's in a helmet. He's like yeah. you know, running around. A guy's like, just come yeah, here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, but you here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dumb. In most cases in the pros, win, lose, or draw, those guys are smiling in the middle of the field. I mean, you just don't well, they're see. They're shaking hands. They're shaking they're hands, smiling. They're laughing. They're, they're you know pros. whatever. They get it. They're they're fine. Yeah. You see a college game where they they take a close beat and man, hearts just, are broken. It's heartbreaking loss. And so I think you know you worry about. Well, there are certain people that are not. Tom Brady's not out there. No, he's Tom, not. He Michael, no, he's not, dude. Tom he's Brady used to walk, off, nah, dude, he used to walk how, off all okay, the time. How great was the, the meme I sent you guys? The guy that's like 100. They're like, look at Tom yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, his that legs was going. <laughs> no, but there's certain, like Michael Jordan, same thing. He wasn't out. Like, there's. there's maybe a, that's too much resilience. Maybe what John was nah, talking about earlier. Think. You get maybe exceptional people and exceptional at their craft. Because again, Tom Brady yeah. might be a shitty husband. Did you watch? You, you might be the Tom Brady probably. of husbands compared to Tom Brady. Oh, he right? probably is. But did you watch uh, <laughs> the Redeem Team on Netflix? No. Talking about Kobe, what a beast that guy was. I had no friends, no nothing. But they're he, out he in Vegas. So they're dedicated. in Vegas partying all night, coming in at five in the morning, and Kobe's they're already there shooting baskets. Yeah, yeah, at the gym. Like, yeah, that's why he's excellent because he's the most resilient person at what he does. Now gifted with being six seven yeah, yeah, or yeah. six yeah. and you know um but you could get high level, level if you truly I, see, put that effort into anything yeah name I one thing on like rudy i think 
I oh, think because, that's more determination no. than resilience. Yeah, that is determined. But yeah. no, but the resilience when you get a sprained ankle, when you hurt yourself, when you do this, when you do that. And he played through it. And he, he was 18 when he came on the team. Those guys were fucking with him, right? When he first was joining the team and he walked out, he's like, you're not fucking with me. Yeah. Like he's just, there's nothing you can do. I'm I'm leading this team. I'm 18 years old. Yeah. With the shack, with the whatever. And so that's ultimate resilience. And I think a lot of it, I, I you know, I, we're joking around. This isn't a sports podcast, but sports is such an, in, well, integral, yeah. important part of what gives me a certain amount of resistance and, and resilience. Yeah. Well, watching Florida State tank the last two games is not exactly beating me a lot of sense of God, resilience. God, you were happy three doing. games ago. Dude, I was so happy. I was so well, just and they lost so <laughs> stupidly. It's terrible. Okay, we're we're literally going to all of sports. I know, I know. Well, it's just one of those. Weeks. I promise for the rest of the sports, <laughs> for the podcast, the only sports will be Colts hatred for Rudy and he equestrian. May, maybe he may go off. Imagine Nick Cage as Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> best Wait, movie ever. All of a sudden, best movie ever. Nick Imagine Cage Nick Cage as a manager of a Chili's in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He would have towed my car. He would not have towed my he car. He would have done it. Oh, he would have done it. So you know what? I, I think on that so note, we're going to wrap it up. Listen, listen, if you're somebody that's out there and you're dealing with a lot of adversity, I would say understand that you're not alone, man. You're, you're not. It's not just you. Uh, everybody's dealing with a lot of stress right now. As the markets turn, I mean, you're going to need resilience heading to what you're doing. The economy's not getting any better. Hey, I don't want to segue and rehash this episode because, you know, went off the rails a little bit because I just am so pained by sports right now. But... Um, <laughs> My father-in-law sent me this thing in real estate specifically. Let's turn this to something very specifically, real okay. estate. And it said signs Ooh, that- Hold on. Let's, your father-in-law is super smart real estate. He, he's a very, he did very well developing. He's a Tony Musso of Distinctive Homes. Wonderful man. Very smart. A mentor of mine in a lot of ways. We talk a lot. We've- Spent hours in the booth together, just back and forth, yeah. and you know. Um, I just I, wanted to throw that out. Yeah, so well, people I, weren't uh, thinking some random. Oh no 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 no! Got overalls, whittling yeah, something. My father lots of the trailer in West Virginia. Yeah, you know, maybe I haven't mentioned that, but yeah, he he was like a, a titan around town. He, he yeah. did very well, and he's um, enjoyed his life and the successes that he's had. But he's seen the up and down. He's a developer that went through the nineties. The 80s, yeah, the, the, yeah. to 2008 yeah, yeah. to 2015, you know, he had that whole you know period in his time, and he sent me this uh, breakdown of what happened last time and what happens this time, and the indicators of how many of those things are, are happening again, right? How many people own more than one home that you meet at your barbershop? How many people have this? Yeah, how many people? And they so say, different. well, well, the, the thing is, it's different though because there's all this equity. It's all this equity, and I was just wondering, yeah, until there's not. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think? Just I, listen. I didn't know if this this, this no, could no, be no, an no. appendix to oh, the conversation. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. I, 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 well, no, no. Here, here's the thing. I, I don't think. Uh, again, I do not believe there'll be a crash in Las Vegas. I think. I think as long as California continues to have hor horrid economic policy against their residents, I think we'll be fine. As long as the town continues to grow through professional sports, which it does, and become a major metropolitan area, which it is, right. I think we'll be fine. As long as hedge funds wanted to commoditize single-family homes as rentals, we'll be fine. Yeah. You know, Blackstone the stuff that's ha that. when those crashes of real estate before there were that was not a that that was a mom and pop business. Owning rentals was a mom and pop business. It was not a Wall Street business. Right. It isn't absolute wall street powerhouse now but they're now building new homes strictly for All the of purpose <laughs> of being rentals, rentals. KMBs. Yeah, i mean it, it just the market hit you know the idea of what a single family home is 
has changed so dramatically from 2006 to now. But what would you tell a realtor in this business right now with softening sales, softening? Well, I know we you're talked about it see before. As much, Again, you're not I mean, going to see as much turnover, right? People are going to have to sit in these homes or these properties for a while now. No, I, I listen, I, I, same thing I told everybody the other day. I did a video. Um, I got, it was, it was, I think I got a couple thousand views on Facebook. And it was essentially because it was the great purge that just happened last week. Did it happen? Of course it happened. They lost 15 to 20% of the, of the, of the aging counts. They did. Oh my God. Of course. Wow. I didn't hear about that. Of course. Cause everybody that all the COVID realtors that I'm going to get a real estate license. Cause this is easy that have been popping one deal, two deals a year, whatever it is, did not renew their dues because the same, the same habits, the same effort, the same, everything that got you to what you made last year is not going to, is not going to repeat. You got to double down your efforts. You got to be much smarter about how you work. It's the reason that I had 99 people on that call today about getting mentoring. It's the reason that I got 78 people to sign up. That's, that's the reason for that because they understand the effort it's going to take to get through this. Now there is there for, where there's a will, there's a way. If it is, you know, if it's a good idea for somebody to buy a house, if it's a good idea right now, and, and it's not going to always be a good idea. But if it is a good idea, if you're going to stay for seven years, it's a good idea. But we have programs and you're starting to see the market, the markets adapt to the market. What I mean by that is like, look at Streamline. Like we have a program where sellers can buy down the rate two points for buyers for the first two years. So really, you're speculating the market for two years, assuming it will probably go down. And then you can refinance out of that loan. But now sellers who for, you know, six, seven months ago, were like, nah, some of your highest and best and, you know, needs to close in 10 days. Yeah. Now it's like, I'll, buy, I'll pay whatever closing costs you want. <laughs> Through a rate buy down. Give me my number and I'll do this buy down and go. But we have all of these programs and you're seeing the market react and change to that. Yeah. So where there's a will, there's a way, man. You know, it's a, what is it, Jurassic Park when the, you know, life finds a way? We were too busy thinking about whether we should get a real estate license. That we <laughs> exactly. No, we should. No, life, life finds a way, man. That's, yeah. that's it. And the yeah. people, and, and honestly, we haven't had a downturn in so long. That's why we have so many real estate people. We need a downturn to flush some of these people out. No, I, and again, that was kind of just have that back and forth. I'm like, I wonder what the landscape is going to do. And I didn't, I was asked. Imagine that, this. I'm unaware that. Let me, let me, let me ask you, let me ask you, let me ask you this. All right. Now, obviously it's a little different, but let me ask you this. Imagine there were times in the law profession where there were ebbs and flows in the amount of lawsuits that happened Sure. and you could hit a dry spell and it would wash some of the crappy attorneys that we both know out of the business. <laughs> Thank God. Would that, that be a, would that be a good thing? No, <laughs> thank not God you. lawyers not write you. all the laws. Not you, yeah. But I'm saying, would that be a good thing? Would that honestly, being an attorney, would that be a, a good, good thing. thing or a bad thing? If you could wash some of the maybe half in, half out, maybe. You know, that's a good question. But law is such a specific thing. It's so much more difficult. And again, this isn't um, a slap on realtors. I'm a realtor. Becoming a lawyer is, is 40,000 times harder to become a realtor. Question. Okay, so your license is very valuable and you can do a bunch of stuff with it. It's an unlimited license. You can be a real estate professional and an agent with a lawyer's degree. So what happens is people keep their licenses active. They may not practice that much, but there's no need to wash them out because there's so much to do in right. law. But again, but let me ask you a question. Are there people right now, you don't have to name names, but would you say there's people practicing law somewhere that probably should not be handling cases as you've had to be on the yes. other side of the table with them going, good Lord, yes. with this guy. Yes, but they don't. 
a lot of times either, right? Like right, but see, that's see, that's worse. That's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. They're the guys that take one case every five years and screw it up because they don't do enough of it to know what the hell they're doing. Those are the realtors that I'm talking about that need to go. The one a, deal yeah, a year, yeah. the two deals a year. That's a hundred times more prevalent in realtors, though. I th- agreed. Because most lawyers will just keep their license inactive agreed. if I'm they're not, not. I'm not making an actual argument. I'm just no, no, no. It's just interesting because I was wondering. You know, I'm thinking about it, but you got to remember. So for a lawyer. In the downtimes, I'm just doing bankruptcies. Yeah. Okay, let's put it this way. What if on the first day of practice you decided you don't need a practice team and you could wash Rudy out right there? Good I'm idea. Doing I'm good, doing it. Just get beat it, kid. <laughs> you got heart, but beat Come it. Come on, Colt. Pile on. I, I laid that on the room for you. Pile on. Did you not watch the uh, – we got to do it. The I'm, Notre I'm Dame sports, game was John. here. You let me keep talking. Oh, man. Did you watch the hard knocks with the Lions? I did. No. Rico, baby. You all need Rico. a Rico in your team. I love the Rico. Uh, Rudy is, I'm telling you guys, horrible movie. Okay, just, playing just it. pretend it was Nick Rico. Cage playing it would have been an amazing movie. I think would you've have got been. a point. I think you're going to have more issues with investments and commercial but, real but estate. But, but, but let me bring this up. Then let me bring this up. Think about Major this. Issues. Nick Cage playing any movie that Keanu Reeves is in is essentially the same movie. No, no, no. I, I've, I've, cause I've heard that one, but here's one <laughs> for amazing. you. This is going to blow your mind, maybe not Colt. Oh, good. Nick Cage as Leonardo DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I think overacting, I think, uh, just, uh, just uh, not like the charming, I you know, lovable character. Yeah, I mean, just overacting just that terrible. thing just, with the stubble just coming right to three o'clock shadow. Stubble, full <laughs> tropic thunder. Looking, no, looking like he did in Con Air. <laughs> yeah, same, yeah. Dress, same and just not knowing. Con Air was an amazing just movie. Totally unaware of. How did that the not win is. an Oscar? Oh, that's terrible. Oh. That's terrible. You know what? I, I think that's. Sorry. I think the fact that yeah, that's resilience enough. <laughs> that's resilience enough. <laughs> and the resilience of the people listening oh, is exceptional if they've oh, made it this yeah, far. Made it I'm proud of you. you. And I'm proud of you all. Oh, proud of all of you. All right, guys. Well, again, <laughs> man, I hope you enjoyed this. If you're listening to us on YouTube, give us a little like. If you're listening to us on whatever podcast streaming thing you're on, give us a uh, five-star review. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. And if you're going to move, remember, guys, keep moving forward. See you next time. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we have, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.